Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. edition of Sports Talk Mississippi, the final Friday before Christmas. Hopefully you have Monday, Christmas Day, off. We will be off on Monday. We will not be with you. But uh, we are here with you on this final business day before Christmas. Nothing like being in the Magnolia State three days before Christmas with 65-degree sunny weather. Because nothing says Christmas like 65 and sunny on the 22nd of December. I will, however, hey, Dad, if you remember where we were this time a year ago, it was like 7 degrees, and we were in the middle of that week-long, remember it was like a, a week before Christmas, the temperature plummeted. It was maybe the greatest day in the history of the world for people in the landscaping business because everybody's plants died. Everybody's shrubs died. That their spring was fantastic because it, it went from, I mean, it went from sixty to like sixteen in about six hours, and it was just frigid. I think I'll take sixty-five over uh, sixteen or six or, or whatever it is. What a beautiful day! But yes, but you know this kind of weather, this this time of year. I assume that we will have our uh, maybe a Christmas tornado to worry about at some oh, point. Will we have oh. severe weather on Christmas Day? Can we not? Can we? Can we? Not I, feel, do that I mean, Day? it's sixty-five in December. That is a, not a good sign. Look, man, we have no room for the Grinch. <laughs> Three days before Christmas, that's a Grinchy attitude that you have there. Uh, it is going to be. You're a, a mean one. Mr. Mr. Hey Dad. As <laughs> we were thinking on the same lines, I love it. This is Sports Talk uh, Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort. You, you need a meal leading up to Christmas? Pearl River Resort's got you covered. You could you could dine at Philip M's. You could do Mama and M. You could get the, uh, the, the bar-type food that they have in the sports book. Pearl River Resort. Get, great place to hang out. Um, if you want to take your family... It'd be a cool place to do. There are some, hopefully not many, but there are some who want to get away from their family. You could do that there as well if uh, if they, you were so inclined. 
Uh, thanks to our friends at Pearl River Resort, a great partner here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Another great partner, C Spire. They bring you the C Spire text line every single day, 601-879-4395. We are glad to be with you this afternoon and would love for you to be a part of the conversation. That is the way to do it, 601-879-4395. Thanks a lot, hey, Dad. I'm all cheered up now on the C Spire text line. Donald Welcome. Oxford says it was five degrees for three straight days here in Oxford. I got a $4,200 water heater because of it. Give me 65 <laughs> degrees all day long. Not sure. I, I guess David is listening uh, in South Mississippi. He says 73 here today. There are people on the beach. David well, Sochet. He could be listening anywhere in the world with a Super Talk app. He could be in Florida or California or wherever. Or uh, Nepal? Is there, is there a beach? Nepal doesn't have a beach. Mel- they have no. mountains. It's landlocked. It's right in the middle of the Himalayas. You've done a lot of uh, research on Nepal, haven't you? I, I know a little bit about you know the great people of Nepal. i got to reach my target audience. Michael Borky uh, may have his toes in the sand today in South Carolina. I don't know. He's not that far from a beach. And that means uh, another day for us with the great Will East in the big chair. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. What a fun day. When you get Christmas on a Monday, the Friday before the weekend leading into Christmas, that's a great day on the calendar. Yeah, I hate when Christmas lands on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yes, it just messes yes. up everything. <laughs> then then every company in America is like, well, we got to give them two days off somehow, so give them Thursday, Friday, and it just messes everything up. Yeah. yeah. And I, Why I, are you off on December 22nd? That's not a day. <laughs> Jeez. What is the best day of the week for Christmas to fall on? It might be Monday. I, I think I would vote for Tuesday, I think. Mm-hmm. Either Thursday or Tuesday. Because if, if Christmas is on Tuesday, nobody's going to work on Monday. So you've got the four-day weekend. You've got Friday, yeah. or you got Saturday, Sunday. You're going to be off on Monday. Tuesday's Christmas Day. Or if it's Thursday, I don't know. I think Friday. The issue here is, the issue is that you got to think about the whole calendar, right? So if Christmas is on a Monday, that means New Year's Day is on a Monday, which means New Year's Eve is on a Sunday, and that can be that can, you know, provide some problems. So maybe maybe Sunday is the best Christmas day. I, I think Friday have Saturday because, for New Year's Eve because you have yeah, Thursday off, you have it. Friday off, and then you got the whole weekend. And then when you get back, mm. everybody's done with Christmas. When you get back on the twenty sixth, yeah. you know, people are still some people haven't had their Christmas yet because they because of family obligations, they couldn't get to their house or something like that. People don't want to come back. I think we get a Friday. message on the ceasefire text line that says, I'm on the golf course, but in the South Carolina low country. That is not Michael Borky either. So we got somebody no. listening to Sports Talk Mississippi on the golf course in South Carolina. Thanks for joining us. Michael and Haven says mail runs on Monday the 24th. Okay, that could be important if you've got last-minute packages that are coming. That's true. And, true. and you get Christmas Eve deliveries. I don't think if they're going to be many his last three gifts Sunday show up, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne is listening online in Louisiana. Thanks, Dwayne. Appreciate that very much. 
Well, you're not an online shopper either, are you? You you're, you're you got to go to the store and get it, don't you? Yeah, I, I like to put my hands on the stuff to make sure it's quality. I don't... Um, kind of like Chevy Chase? Yes. Amen. I like to go to the store. <laughs> like to look at stuff. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like in Christmas Vacation? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is... Because there was a scene in that movie where... <laughs> Oh, I remember. That was this week's rewatchables. Beautiful. Last year we found just, we just found to make gifts. you feel bad. She's what? Seventy. That's a hmm. shock to the system. If you want to feel bad about your life right now, yeah, I'm really grinching it up today. I don't know why I'm so angry. I don't know why. Are you afraid but, that you're not going to get yeah. a Christmas present? No, I've, I got I got presents under the tree. I know they're down there. Did you ask for anything this year? I did not. I did not. You didn't really provide any ideas. I'm the worst. Like my mom every year. Hey, is there anything? I'm like, I just, I, I don't, I don't need anything. I just this year there was nothing I, I really that stood out to me as like I'd like to have that. Yeah. So, Jane, I, the other day I she was like, I mean, guess. do you have an idea? I was like, I mean, I'd probably use a new driver. She's like, Richard, you you want me to go pick out a new driver for you? I was like, it's a good point. I was like, do you want me to go pick out a new driver for me, or are we? Uh, so. I got it at Walmart. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> the great value brand driver. It's incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. 100% cherry wood on the head. <laughs> got persimmon. Persimmon. Yeah, it's pers- got those persimmon shafts. Yeah. You're good. No, 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 no. Persimmon heads. They didn't. They didn't have persimmon oh, okay. shafts. It was hickory shafts. Well, I mean, we, we we went very we went very fancy persimmon shafts. I'm gonna be honest. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Like if you and some buddies decided to do that together. If you play golf on the regular and you're like, okay, just to kind of shake up our normal golf game, and you played from the up tees, you're like, we're gonna play with with you know hickory shaft clubs and persimmon head woods, and it'd be fun. It might be humbling for uh, a lot of us that uh, that play golf. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Then after that first swing, you can just throw that club on the uh, on the grill and get used get some good smoke. At that point. Look at you, multi little hickory smoke on there. Uh, yeah. Our plan is to have an extended food Friday this afternoon. Food Friday always brought to you by Polk's Polk'sMeat.com. We will uh, do that in the five o'clock hour at the normal time at five twenty. My guess is that that uh, is going to extend into the uh, the next segment as well. We'll talk about Christmas menus and what do you do traditionally, or do you shake it up a little bit. Uh, so we'll get to that coming up a little bit later this afternoon. Bruce Marshall will join us, as he always does, in the 4 o'clock hour on Fridays. We look forward to that. we got three NFL games tomorrow. we got a bowl game tonight. we got a bunch of basketball on the menu this weekend. Uh, also, Dane Bradshaw from ESPN and the SEC Network, college basketball analyst, will join us. We'll talk with him uh, as we are very, very close to the start of Southeastern Conference basketball play Got big games this weekend for the Bulldogs, the Rebels, and the Golden Eagles. Two of those teams playing each other. Ole Miss and Southern Miss meeting in Biloxi at the Coast Coliseum. That is uh, tomorrow afternoon. And Mississippi State in New Jersey in Newark at the Prudential Center taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Will, um, will we see Tolu Smith tomorrow? Maybe. 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 Certainly would be uh, big to uh, kind of get him back. Even if you just kind of ease him back into the mix a little bit, that would be big 
for Mississippi State. Just getting started with you. Three hours on this Friday afternoon, the last working day before Christmas. We're back after this. Christmas theme, we would love to think that Christmas is a time of goodwill, giving being more important than receiving, harmony, a time to set aside our differences and focus on doing good for others. The ACC said, "Uh uh-uh, the Christmas season is fighting season. And so did Florida State. And actually, Florida State said it first, and then it was the ACC. We are set, in terms that Haydad will appreciate, for a judicial royal rumble between the Seminoles and their conference. So I'm trying to come up with the right parallel. And my initial thought was, hey, Will, if I decided to sue... Super Talk Mississippi slash Telesouth Communications. It feels like it would be difficult for me to continue to work here while the litigation process was playing out. But I don't think that's exactly an apples-to-apples comparison. It is not. I'll give you an example. Howard Stern was in a longtime lawsuit with SiriusXM. Okay. His employer and continued. To, I mean, still works for him to this day. But he was in a huge lawsuit with them yeah. over. I can't remember the exact details, but money probably. Oh, it was yeah, lots of money. It had to do something with new memberships, but yeah, continued to work for them, bash them occasionally, uh, but continued to work for them. That's how you know. Well, and he continued to work for them because he was maybe their biggest revenue generator in the entire probably company. So. I mean, that was probably the the biggest reason. But but again. Florida State is not an employee of the ACC. They are a member of the ACC. So, I mean, is this like if you're a member of the Rotary Club and you're a high-ranking official that is highly thought of and you've been in a leadership position for a long time and you decide to sue Rotary International but you maintain your status as a member where you still go to the meetings on Tuesdays and you get your little badge out and you stick it on your, your suit coat pocket and you, you sit in and you still are responsible for getting the speaker once out of the 52 weeks in the year? I mean, it feels like it would be hard if you were suing the entire organization to continue to be a member in good standing. But, but that's where we are with this right now. Florida State and its board of trustees voted unanimously today to sue the Atlantic Coast Conference to challenge the legality of the league's grant of rights and its $130 million withdrawal fee, a necessary first step to plot the school's future and potential exit from the conference. 
They file a 38-page lawsuit in Leon County Circuit Court in Tallahassee today, and they are seeking a declaratory judgment against the ACC to void the grant of rights and the withdrawal fee as, quote, unreasonable restraints of trade in the state of Florida and not enforceable in their entirety against Florida State. And then it gets kind of dirty. They allege chronic fiduciary mismanagement and bad faith, close quote, in the way that the ACC has handled its multimedia rights agreement and undermined its members' revenue opportunities. And they are accusing the ACC of breach of contract and failure to perform. The chairman of the board is Peter Collins. Here's his quote. I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights and its severe withdrawal penalties. None of us like being in this position. However, I believe that we have exhausted all possible remedies within the conference, and we must do what we believe is best for Florida State, not only in the short term, but in the long term. So earlier today, as the people are reporting on this story, there was a chart that was put out that outlined what the exit fee would be when you take um, the combination of buying your way out of the grant of rights and the withdrawal penalty from the league, it's $572 million. <laughs> it is more than half a billion dollars if Florida State just wants to walk away and the ACC says, okay, sure. So the ACC has responded, but before we get to the ACC's response, Is part of the legal argument that the ACC has, why is this all of a sudden an issue? It was all good right up until you saw somebody else get more than you get. You didn't have a problem with being under contract with ESPN through 2036 as long as everybody in other conferences was making roughly the same money But when the time came for the SEC to renegotiate its deal and then the Big Ten to renegotiate its deal, and they got better deals than than we got. Like, we we can all agree to that. Now, all of a sudden, we're guilty of mismanagement and fiduciary incompetence and blah. Doesn't that have to be part of the argument for the ACC? It's like... There's there's two things. There's two things here. First off... The Royal Rumble thing is completely wrong. That's a battle royal. There's like 30 guys involved. This is just two people. It's much more of like a hell in a cell kind of thing. So let's let's my, get that straight. My apologies. Duly noted. Hang on. I'm taking a note here to correct that. Appreciate that. Write that down. Secondly, Let the record show. We couldn't get one month out of the season before this kind of stuff happens again? Not one month out of the season before we're oh, back to that. this? this is Gosh, somebody this is hurt me. This is different. this is just painful. We we just had a game. We had we had regular season games thirty days ago. We had a bowl game last are. night and a bowl game tonight. Here we are again. We got it's it's gonna be a long time till August. Sometimes when you get shafted, for lack of a better term, uh, like mm. they did for the college football playoff, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, I'm not saying that, but you just you you have to attack something. And this is their. This is this is the target that is in front of them. 
okay? They're, they're thinking that if we were in the SEC, this never would have happened. If we were in the Big Ten, if, if this happened to Michigan, if Michigan was playing against Ohio State and J.J. McCarthy got hurt and they somehow scratched out a win, and then they scratched out a win against Iowa, there's no way on this earth Michigan wouldn't be in. There's no way on this earth that Georgia or Alabama wouldn't be in if the exact same thing happened to them. And they're probably right. They're correct. They are correct in that assessment. And everybody's got a breaking point, man. Everybody's got one. Let me ask you this. This is theirs. Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt. Florida State is Mm -hmm. in the playoff. Are they doing this? Probably today? not having this discussion today. Nah, we're not having that discussion today. All right, Jordan Travis content. does get hurt, but Florida State still gets in the playoff. Are we having the discussion? Still having, still not having the discussion because they're in the playoff. All is well, but they don't feel like they don't feel like the ACC is getting enough respect. They don't feel like the the, the I can't try to figure out like how you would diagram it. The respect the conference gets is less than the respect Florida State deserves. So. Who, who did he get hurt against? Was it move. North Alabama? North Alabama. Yeah. So a, a, a game against North Lions, Alabama is gonna gonna make a, a big, huge new chapter of college football. <laughs> North with butterfly effects, man. They, they have North Alabama, Alabama. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. He says. Um. But Bobby Bowden kept them independent for many years in football, independent, yeah. because it was the easier path, or Metro, whatever it was, because it was the easier path to getting to a national championship, right? Wasn't that his reasoning? I didn't want to have to play Alabama and Auburn. They stayed yeah. out of the, the SEC. Yeah. Well, the times have changed. Now it's it's easier to get there if you have a big conference behind you. Can can you imagine this in the SEC? Can you imagine? Okay, okay. Who is who is the comp for Florida State in the ACC? In the SEC, are they Georgia? It, okay, I was going to say it, it. It's not Alabama, but it's Georgia. Yeah, well, it might be Alabama. Alabama is the, the long time dominant program. Georgia's more of the Johnny come lately. So that might be Georgia. Might be Clemson. Can you imagine? Just just change the the school and keep the words. Alabama suing the Southeastern Conference for chronic fiduciary mismanagement and bad faith. Those are fighting words. They're saying you ever accuse me of bad fiduciary management, Richard Cross? I'll come to Oxford. I'll slap the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, you better bring an army. Sports Talk Mississippi. Screaming at Super Put a couple of guns with me right here. Mm-hmm. So, so what is, how did how the dare ACC you respond? My how did the ACC respond? Let's just say it was not with kid gloves. We'll tell you that when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi.
Oh, cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Don't. Don't. No. Cut it off. All right. Get us in trouble. <laughs> I don't want any part of that smoke. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for uh, being with us. Florida State, by the way, did address um, the bowl snub by saying our actions today are less about the events of the last two weeks and far more about the actions of the ACC leadership over the past 10 years and what confronts FSU and the ACC over the next 13 years, which is to say a $30 million deficit projected to what the Big Ten and the AC and the SEC schools are earning over the next decade plus. Um, the university, again, estimates that the total exit fee, including the forfeiture of television revenue, would be $572 million. And I told you the ACC had responded, well, here's what you need to know. Before we get to the ACC's official response today, Hey, Dad, yesterday in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, expecting a lawsuit to be filed in Florida by Florida State, the ACC filed a preemptive lawsuit against Florida State seeking a declaratory judgment in support of its grant of rights and the exit fees. They're like, we're pretty sure we're going to get sued tomorrow, so just to go ahead and cover our bases, we're going to go ahead and sue the people that we think are going to sue us tomorrow. It's a good news for the uh, lawyers involved. They'll have a very Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. So, Jim Phillips... I love this. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, comma, Ph.D. (laughs) And Jim Ryan. I mean, I guess if you earned a Ph.D., you wanted in your title, I guess. Dr. Phillips, okay. And Jim Ryan, chair of the ACC Board of Directors, issued this statement. Florida State's decision to file action against the conference is in direct conflict with their long-standing obligations and is a clear violation of their legal commitments to the other members of the conference. All ACC members, including Florida State, by the way, this is pretty sound reasoning, willingly and knowingly re-signed the current grant of rights in 2016, which is wholly enforceable and binding through 2036. Each university has benefited from this agreement, receiving millions of dollars in revenue, and neither Florida State nor any other institution has ever challenged its legitimacy. And then there's a paragraph where they toot their own horn about winning national championships, and they follow it up with, We are confident in the grant of rights, which has been honored by all other universities who signed similar agreements. We are confident that it will be affirmed by the courts and the conference's legal counsel and vigorously enforce this agreement in the best interests of the ACC's current and incoming members. Oh, and you want one more layer of petty? Came out in some of the reporting this morning. Here's one more layer of petty. The ACC conference office 
houses the official grant of rights document that all the members of the ACC signed. There is no digital copy or uh, duplicate copy that has been sent to the universities. And when outside legal counsel for Florida State and the other schools that kind of wanted to explore this in the past, when they wanted to look at it and go through it, they had to go to the conference office And while they were reviewing the document, they had people watching them from the ACC, and they were not allowed to photocopy, take pictures, or directly even write down what was in the grant of rights agreement. Usually that's that's the kind of stuff you hear about at the Vatican. Like you can't, you can't. If you're gonna go down to the basement and check out the the sacred scrolls, you're like, ah, we gotta gotta send a cardinal down there with you to to make sure we're we're good, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's that's weird. That's hey, weird think, is how I would put that in this day and age. Do you think they also like the scene in Wolf of Wall Street? Do you think they cranked the air condition down like super low while the lawyers were in there reviewing the, the Grant of Rights document? I, I go the other, I go the other way. I got the heat up. I'm. It's like, oh, God, it's not like 86. It's warm in here. It's like 86. Yeah. Holy cow, I'm sweating like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we'll, yeah. we'll wear flip-flops and shorts to review these documents. And then you reverse, then you play the reverse game. Then we go cold. <laughs> it's all about this psychology. This... Sun Tzu, the art of war. Mm. If, you're impre- if your enemy is temperamental, <laughs> seek to irritate him. Sun Tzu. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sun Tzu. Quasimodo predicted all of this. What's going to happen? What's your prediction? How does this end? Oh, they'll get out. I mean, they'll pay a. They won't pay five seventy two, but they'll pay a big chunk of change. They'll get out, and then they, they better hope they have a home. They need. They need to, That. That's what I would square away first if I was Florida State. I would. I would. I would be back channeling, and I, hopefully they are. I would be back channeling the the. Uh, the SEC and the uh, the Big Ten, like we we have a landing spot, right? We're good. I think the Big Ten is more likely. Uh, I feel like if they go to the Big Twelve, it doesn't really solve anything. It's like you know, just rearranging the furniture. So we'll see. I don't know how they financially make it make sense. What, what, what if well, I mean, we're living in a world where SMU is going to take no money for like a decade just to be in the ACC. At some point, you just go. It's worth you know. It, it's worth it. it, it what I say all the time. Sometimes you just reach a point where it's like, this is the price we have to pay. You know, we got to find the money, we got to move forward, and that's how it well, is. Well, this is the point where Hey Dad always goes, they've got the money, they'll find it. Just take yeah. it out of the endowment. What's the endowment at Florida State? Oh, good question. Not that it matters. They can't use that money for this. Florida State. Can't pay them? Endowment. Uh,. Oh, it's less than a billion dollars. Uh, That's surprising. Seven hundred nine million in the uh, in the endowment. So, total assets of nine hundred eighty three. Just pay it off. You still got two mil, two hundred mil laying in there. You're good. You're good. Uh, you just call whoever those donors are and be like, "Hey, got some good news." We're they need to call a divorce lawyer to come up with some of these tactics and stuff because this is essentially mm. what this is. This is a a big expensive divorce, right? Yeah. They need to call the sleaziest lawyer in Florida and just bring him in. 
Just whoever there's their Saul Goodman is in Florida, bring him in. Mm. He'll he'll get him out of this. This is Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I mean, that's what this is. Oh, can we put this trial on TV too? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. All right. So I got a question. And so here's the part. Here's the uh, here's where Florida State actually pooped in the bed. There it is, right there. You can see the picture. Jeez. No, no. I got a I got a real question. All right. So there were seven. I probably don't have a real answer, but go ahead. Including Florida State, that kind of did some digging this summer. We talked about those yesterday. North Carolina and Clemson and NC State. I don't remember who all they were. Doesn't matter. But there were seven of them. What did those other six schools hope the outcome is from this very public divorce, attempted divorce? We don't even know if they're actually going to be able to follow through with their divorce. Yeah. Right so now, it does, just it does feel house. like it is a marriage that is now beyond repair. Yes. Yes. Uh, what do they hope? I mean, Clemson, probably Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, they probably hope that the conference can be dissolved because they'll be hot commodities on the open market, I would think. I don't know what teams like North Carolina State, Duke, Boston College. They're probably like we need to stay. We got to stay together, man, for the for the kids. <laughs> they're well, trying. State they're trying. Was, to, let's work it out. Yeah, NC State was one of the schools that was kind of looking at how do we dissolve this thing. But it's like, okay, do do those schools want ultimately Florida State to prevail so that they can go? Well, if Florida State can get out, maybe we can too. Yeah. But we keep coming back to the question of where are they going to go? Do they have a seat at the table at the Big Ten if they if they successfully get out? Because I don't think they've got a seat at the table at the SEC right now. I, I just don't. I don't either. I mean, somebody asked the question, what's the future of the ACC without Florida State? No idea. Jeff, has, Richard, has Florida State contacted you for a loan? No, they have not. Um... If they were in the SEC, we would not be having this discussion either because they would have lost two or three games. Maybe. I ordered it apropos of nothing. I ordered a night vision scope for myself. I waited a day to open it, came home from work, and my wife has done hit it from me. I better at least get that for Christmas. Good luck with your night vision scope. What are you using that for, by the way? It's like a fun toy, or like does it have a practical use? Sports Talk Mississippi. You get a message. I do not want Florida State in the SEC. We're back with you after this timeout in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mississippi sports sports on your radio and in the game super talk Mississippi
Did she call him Little J O E? Yeah. Uh, one one last thing on this, and then we'll move on. No no more no more Florida State lawsuit talk after uh, after this. We've got basketball to preview this week. We got bowl games that are happening this weekend. We got Food Friday, a lot of fun stuff. But this is this is from Florida State's lawsuit. Uh, suffice it to say, they are not sending Christmas cards to the new incoming members of the ACC. The ACC's hotly contested vote last September to add three new members, instead of increasing the value of its existing members' media rights, will further dilute these values and diminish the ACC's already deemed inadequate, quote, strength of schedule, close quote, rating going forward. This will necessarily handicap ACC members vying for a position in future CFPs against peers from the other Power Four conferences, including peers with inferior one-loss records. Case in point, perhaps the most <laughs> perhaps the most telling me- metric of the lack of media cachet those new ACC members carry. One has forfeited all media payments otherwise due it as a member of the ACC, while the other two forfeited approximately 66% of that payout for the next several years. In sum, the ACC has negotiated itself into a self-described existential crisis, rendered itself fiscally unstable, and substantially undermined its members' capacity to compete at the elite level, In doing so, the ACC violated the contractual, fiduciary, and legal duties it owed its members. Pointing out that these new members were so inadequate that one is taking no money and the other two are taking a third of what everybody else is getting. There's there's some humor in this. It's not, not just legalese. Oh, goodness. What a mess. When you wake up uh, on Christmas morning and you're opening your presents, you can uh, consider being, if you're an Ole Miss or Mississippi State fan, consider being a fan of a school that is in the SEC, a Christmas present. (laughs) You're not dealing with this in the SEC. Goodness gracious. Wow. Wow. Um. Did you do a bowl pick em? I know we didn't on the show, but did you I do did. It with, with friends? I did. I did. Who did you have in uh, last night's game between USF and Syracuse? Well, I sure hope I had uh, USF. Let me let me double check. I feel like I did. I, I know I took the- uh, scrolling, scrolling. Yes, yes, I had the Bulls. Yes, that was an easy pick. Yeah. They they were both six and six going into the game. The game was being played in Boca Raton. One of the teams had a new first-year head coach and a team that had shown promise this year, and the other team fired its coach and its starting quarterback was out. It felt like USF made sense. I don't know that I anticipated that South Florida was going to beat them 45 to nothing. No. Wow. 40. Did you watch any of that game? A little bit. I watched, I watched a good bit of it, and it was just – they just dominated them. It was crazy. It was it was like watching 
an SEC versus FCS kind of game. It was a bowl game. Didn't the uh, starting tight end start at quarter or play quarterback? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he had number eighty nine at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Which is not generally what you would describe as a great situation. <laughs> not a good sign. No. No. I mean, the Saints have done that. Yeah, well, the Saints aren't a great situation either. <laughs> yeah, Saints. Saints finished in second place in their game last night. We can yeah. we can discuss that further if uh, if you would like. You got one bowl game coming. No, up. we're good. We're fine. The uh, yeah, Borky would be so mad at me if I if I picked on him today about the Saints. Well, Borky would be mad at you about literally anything you said. So. Saints or otherwise? Yeah, yeah. You just don't think he likes me? Huh? I, I think, I, I, I yes. <laughs> You're a good one, mister. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Georgia Tech and UCF, another couple of 6-6 six and six teams getting after it tonight at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. This is it. This is the swan song for um, JRP. Final, the piano Man. Final football game for the Piano Man. I think UCF wins that game tonight. They're favored by 6.5 over Georgia Tech. We're back with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour coming up next. On Super Talk Mississippi. You gotta push that button there, Richard. You gotta push the button. It was the slide, actually. I pulled it down. I was eating some chips through the break, and I thought it was kind of rude to be crunching in Will's ear, and so I slid it down. What? If we had a count of food eaten on this this show, the 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 margin by which you would dominate is is frightening. Like that's what I'm saying. I, I never am eating in here. Very, very rarely do I have anything to eat in here. You guys have both been inside of a Bass Pro Shop before, right? Yeah, of course. I've been yeah. inside the a pyramid shaped Bass Pro. Yeah, Shop. yeah. It's a, they 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 all feel about the same on the inside. They've all got the fish tanks, right? You've seen the fish tanks inside Bass Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. You guys know that. In the holiday season, there is undisputable evidence that theft goes up, whether it's, you know, home burglary, shoplifting, etc. This takes it to a new level. A Florida man, Florida police are searching for a man. Good start. (laughs) Florida police are searching for a man who, quote, caught, close quote, with a net, a 50-pound tarpon from a Bass Pro Shop's fish tank. 
The Lee County Sheriff's Department, Sheriff's Office, that's just north of Naples. That's Fort Myers area. Is searching for a suspect who walked off with a tarpon in a fishing net. The store employee said, somebody came up to me holding a scale of a tarpon and said, look, somebody just stole a tarpon. I couldn't believe it, honestly. I don't understand why they do that. It was just so shocking to me that somebody would stoop low enough to do that. And there is video. This looks like a um, either a, a teenager or perhaps someone in their, their young 20s wearing a, uh, a wide-brim cap and they got, like, tennis shoes and black pants and a T-shirt on. They got a big old net that they scooped down in the fish tank at Bass Pro <laughs> Shop and scooped up a 50-pound tarpon and then just carried it through the store. And nobody stopped them. And so now the sheriff's department is searching. A Florida man. I guess that's a good start, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. Did they have nothing else to do that day? I've heard about stuff like this before. That's not the first time somebody has invaded the, uh, the, 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 the aquarium or whatever you want to call it, the fish tank at the Bass Pro at the various Bass Pro shops. I feel like it's almost there as a dare. <laughs> and and then know. the sheriff's department gets involved. Look, hey, oh, yeah, you, got, you know, that's you most dares do. Fans. Yeah. You got a lot of old mm-hmm. Miss fans that are headed to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl here in a few days. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the world-famous Georgia Aquarium, home of the yeah, Beluga Whales. Birmingham, yeah. some. If Atlanta, Georgia can have yeah. Beluga Whales, Birmingham, Alabama can have Beluga Whales. Thank you, Mayor Langford. Um, I got aspirations for this city. So what if you... What if you took your net with you and tried to try to get a beluga whale? Head to the Peach Bowl, just scoop a beluga whale out and take it home. Anybody, you know, you probably need you probably need a whale a net that's attached to a crane. If I had to guess, maybe, maybe. that's not one where you can just scoop him up. You know, I don't know man, you, you you get so caught up in details sometimes. I'm a planner. You are that. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi yeah. with what is an average? Will, what's the average weight of a beluga whale? I know that's what you're looking up right now. I'm not. He is. I was trying he, to find he's the got video right there. this guy. I will. Uh, I'll send you the post. You can. You can check it out. What is the average weight of a beluga? Two thousand four hundred to three thousand five hundred pounds for the males, and then the females are fifteen hundred to twenty six hundred. Mm. I need a couple of guys. Do you think the 2,600-pound female beluga whales have a complex in comparison to the 1,500-pound female beluga whales? Or I think it's probably the other way around. I think it's the other way around. It's the skinny ones that are like, what's wrong with you? Huh? Put some weight on, why don't you? We're whales, for God's sakes. Mm. Will is like, what have I gotten into? Will this week ever end? Four eleven. Hey, Dad can't go on vacation fast enough. I tell you, four eleven. <laughs> Pearl River Resort Studio with you. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Course. Today would have been a great day to be on the golf course. I'm talking fantastic day to be on the golf course. If I had been in Philadelphia today, 
and uh, Pearl River Resort had been close to me, I would have I would have done that. Might have done that in Oxford. Certainly would have done that at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can as well. DancingRabbitGolf.com. It's where you book your tee time. You can plan your trip. Not too late. If you need to get a gift certificate for someone, you can call them up, and they will help you out for that golfer in your life. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. The C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Again, 601-879-4395. That is the C Spire text line. Florida man said he was hungry. They like to steal seafood. Yes, they do. No fish nor shark is safe from Florida man. Jeff and Pontotac. No one is safe. Literally no one. Um, Jeff and Pontotoc said, that didn't look like a 50-pounder to me. Well, look, man, I didn't have a scale that I could attach to the tweet and verify it. I'm just going by what the report said. (laughs) I'm going to weigh this tweet. Tarpon are pretty dense. Don't you know that? I just Very firm fish. I I don't know. I don't know. I've never never eaten tarpon. I've never eaten tarpon. Really? Yeah. Looks like it would be a dense fish, though, like a halibut. I mean, is is, is there nothing else to do in the state of Florida besides use recreational drugs and then commit crimes? That's why you're wrong. It's 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 the, the use recreational drugs thing is is correct. But then, at that point, the world's your oyster, man. They just come up with stuff. The stuff that's not necessarily crime. Sometimes it's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. We used to yeah. do this thing called Dumb Crook News, and we literally came up with a rule where just you can't do all Florida stories because every day it was just a plethora of Florida dumb crook news, and it would be weird stuff people yeah. would get arrested for. And so we had to come up with a rule just because we do like three or four a day. You can't do back-to-back. You, then eventually just you can do one Florida man story per day. Um, so we got somebody on the text line who brought it up here, but there, it's a fun game to play uh, if you Google Florida man and your birthday. And you can see oh. what story about Florida man came. So here's me. Um, Florida man, 76, pleads guilty to lewd act touching woman on flight. <laughs> Donald Robinson of Bonita Springs faces up to 90 days in prison. <laughs> All right, so, mine is, mine, my birthday is November 16th. F- Florida man arrested after giving unauthorized massage at rehab center. <laughs> An unauthorized, at a rehab center. You think you're going in there for an authorized massage? And it's not, it's no, not, I, I think, it's I think unauthorized. It's like, I think it's a drug rehab center. <laughs> Oh, even worse. What do you got, Richard? Uh, yeah, Richard, what's your birthday? I, I, I have it pulled up right here. He doesn't want to read it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Blood-soaked Florida man on bicycle arrested for forcing potato <laughs> chips on eight-year-old boy. <laughs> that was from November 5th, 2013. <laughs> he tried to force... First off, how... How messed up do you have to be? Yeah, it's like normally you offer potato chips to an eight-year-old boy. They're like, yeah, great, thanks. But when the person offering them is blood-soaked, then he can't can't do so much. This past November, November 5th, 2023, 
Florida man charged with 27 counts for slashing tires claims he's being demonized. (laughs) (laughs) I got from November 30th, 2018, Florida man loses his shorts while breaking into a car dealership. (laughs) Florida man found by deputies cradling women he ran over with a minivan. (laughs) What? These are sad. Well, yeah. At, at their core, they're all sad, to be honest with you. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> Florida man with McLovin license plate takes cops on 110-mile-per-hour motorcycle chase in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. <laughs> it just says McLovin. Oh, that's gold, Jerry. Coming up next, we will go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the whole Get his team. birthday. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Dane Bradshaw from the SEC Network when we come back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. It doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon, the 22nd of December. Great to be with you. Time to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Dane Bradshaw, college basketball analyst. With the SEC Network joins us right now. Dane, I, I sent you a text, and then I said, never mind. I was asking you what your birthday was. Um, you may have found that to be creepy. April 17th, is that right? Uh, that is, but I don't I don't know what angle you're going at here. And I, for a second there, I thought you meant to send that to somebody else. And But here we are. Here we are. So, hey, hey Dad, do you want to explain the, uh, the, the, yeah, the game? Yeah. We're playing the uh, the Google Florida man and your birthday uh, uh, th- game here, and yours not a good one, uh, Dane. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, Florida man encases self in concrete at governor's mansion. I, what, what about my? I'm, I'm 1984. Does that help me out at all? No, it's just oh, random, I don't, I don't random know. April 17th days. There was also uh, Florida Man 80 fights alligator in his own backyard, which maybe that fits a little bit for you. You had some tussles with the gators uh, in, in your playing days uh, along the way. Um, Dane, if, if you can't That's tell. That's fair. This is, that could be deemed prophetic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is not the single uh, most well serious yeah, show that, we do. Uh, yeah, no, no lucky birth dates for me. But, uh, hey, the, the next one for me, that April 17th, I'll, I'll be – I'll be forty, so I'm done counting them anyway. Good for you. You, you look you look great for thirty nine. It, it, you know it's going to be good. It, it it changes nothing. Hey, let, let's talk some hoops. Um, it's been an interesting start to the uh, to the season. There are, I think, some surprises in the league in comparison to maybe what we thought going into the year. Um, there's some really good wins. There are a few head-scratching losses. You've got some teams that have really challenged themselves uh, in terms of their schedule, and some teams who we are still left with, what do we really know about them? So kind of with that as the backdrop, 
What has stood out to you, Dane, over the first almost two months of the season? Hey, let's start with your guys down there, the, the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, undefeated. Um, and, and actually, my preseason coach of the year was Chris Beard because I, I just, number one, I know how well he can coach. Number two, I did not think the, the cupboard was just totally bare there, and the guys returning ha- had been well coached by Kermit Davis. And, you know, those those losses that they had, those close losses, they're, they're finding a way to win those games. I'm excited for those guys, especially the ones that um, have suffered through some tough losses before, like, like Breakfield. Um, you know, that winning becomes contagious. Now all of a sudden when games get close, instead of, I'm not saying they played not to lose, but there's just a, once you start winning those games, you get in that huddle and you just think, no matter what, if you're down to, up to, you're going to find a way to pull it off or hang on. And um, so th- that confidence is through the roof. I, I know they've still got um, some scars, and they hadn't gone through maybe the same schedule that some of these other uh, teams have. But, man, that's um, that to me is a great storyline. And uh, it looks like they'll, uh, if I don't jinx them, they'll be undefeated going into Thompson Bowling Arena. So that'll be an awesome um SEC matchup here in the future. And then, uh, you know, I think the fact that Kentucky seems to be back, uh, a lot of question marks around John Calipari. He kind of went back to his bread and butter, which was, look, I, I like the transfer portal, but I'm really good at just getting the best young freshmen available and getting them uh, uh, playing their best ball by the end of the year. But he's got them playing some of their best ball early. And uh, teams are scared of Kentucky right now because – they can they can finally play fast, shoot the three extremely well, and just look like more of a modern day offense. Dan, your alma mater, Tennessee, nine and three, but those three losses are to North Carolina and Kansas and Purdue um, because of the schedule they played. They've got the seven, uh, the number seven net ranking. You mentioned a second ago, Ole Miss will be at, at Thompson Bowling for the uh, for the start of, of conference play on January sixth. How good is Tennessee? Well, they're really good. Um, I don't know if anybody's ready to call them great or not, but you look at the pieces, and and it's hard to find a weakness. Now, the thing that a lot of Tennessee fans will say, yeah, but they they go on some of these scoring droughts that just make you uh, think back to previous seasons where they did so many things well, but then they couldn't overcome these scoring droughts in March or whatever it might be. Uh, with March certainly being the most important time of the year. And that's everybody's just ready to fast forward and say, how deep can this team go? Because they've seen how well Rick Barnes can do in the regular season. Last year they beat Duke to uh, to go to the Sweet 16. So you, you would think that'd be enough. But then losing to FAU, as good as FAU was, it, it's just, you know, Tennessee's one of those programs that has just not been able to break through to its first Final Four. And so that's, that's the big question to me is, can this be the year that they do it? What makes you optimistic on that is they return a ton of guys. Their defense is phenomenal. They've got veterans. And then they added a transfer, Dalton Connect, who has emerged as a first-round type draft pick. He's, he's been really good in non-conference play. Yeah. And it's a great story, just not recruited at all out of high school, worked his way up through JUCO, Northern Colorado, and, and now at Tennessee why he's so important is because when Tennessee would go through those scoring droughts, they never had a guy that could just break you down and go get their own bucket. And he is a guy that can just, no matter how good the defense is, sometimes better offense wins, and he can be better offense for them. 
Visiting with Dane Bradshaw from the SEC Network, college basketball analyst there and uh, does games on ESPN also. So let's talk a little bit about Mississippi State. Last year was year one for Chris Jans, and they struggled scoring, but they really, really played good defense. And they got hard. They, they had such a hard opening schedule in SEC play, and then they got hot in the second half, made the tournament a season ago, and here we are sitting at 9-2 and two this year. They've got a big game with Rutgers tomorrow. What do you think of this Mississippi State team and what they've done without Tolu Smith? I've been really surprised. Now, I know you'd like to forget that that Southern game, and right. they've got some warts. But bottom line is Chris Jans is a winner. And so, and I look, I forget where I had them, probably like 10th or something like that. But I, I just, their shooting was so bad last year, it was hard for me to get past that and think that their defense could just carry them the way they did a year ago into the NCAA tournament. But obviously, um, I underestimated the the way or uh, the offensive weapons that they've they've added, and certainly without Tolu Smith, like you said, even more impressive. So, um, I mean, if they can get themselves to an NCAA tournament for for Chris Jans to come in to Mississippi State and go back to back NCAA tournament appearances, golly, I mean that that would be just sensational. And you know, bottom line is, no matter what roster he has, he's going to find a way. Um, to be competitive at the end of the game and have a winning season and have a team in position for NCAA tournament. So um, I think, you know, the, the team's going to have to adjust a little bit when Tolu Smith comes back, of course. But, you know, the optimistic side is, hey, we, we learned how to grow and not rely on him too much. And now when he comes back, there's not so much pressure on Tolu Smith to uh, have the offense run through him and he can be a complimentary piece. Uh, that certainly will still be a focal point. Uh, but yeah, it, I've been encouraged to see uh, at times that their offense can score a little bit better. Uh, so it just they aren't losing these games like you saw against Southern, where you know they're they're losing sixty to fifty nine, or they lose games. Yeah. You know, they they hold an SEC team to fifty eight points and they they don't win, and so that that can't happen. All right, so Dana, at last check, and, and I've not looked today, there were nine SEC teams that were in the top seventy five of the net. Um, you know, you look at records, there's some teams that have got some losses, right? I mean, Alabama's got five losses, Arkansas's got four losses, Tennessee's got three losses, you know, and so on. Are we about to hit the point where the league is good enough overall that those numbers are going to kind of stabilize? And I guess ultimately, how many SEC teams get to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that this many get in, but. What's got me really pumped for the SEC and the league and all the teams in it is there's only two teams right now that are entering conference play, you know, feeling a little unsure of themselves, I should say, in terms of their NCAA tournament hopes. That's LSU Vanderbilt. There's other teams that wish they had a better non-conference, like Missouri, like Texas A&M, Alabama, their strength of schedule's just through the roof. They're top five in the country, and they didn't win as many as they wanted. Um, Arkansas has got to do a little bit better. But you, you've got all but two teams right now that are sitting there saying, well, of course we think we're going to the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid. And I, I can't recall a year where you had that many teams, at least just in my opinion, that you look at on here. I mean, I'm talking South Carolina, what Mike White's doing at Georgia quietly over there. Florida's got themselves in a pretty good spot. And 
So all those teams are entering conference play thinking, yeah, we're going to have a really good resume or an opportunity for a really good resume at the end of the season. Um, so that's been encouraging that uh, all but LSU and Vanderbilt, I think, have um, put themselves in a position to uh, get themselves an NCAA tournament bid. And I would say I, I, I think nine to answer your question. Wow. That'd be great. Certainly be great if it turns out that way. Uh, I know with the Bradshaw crew, it's going to be a fun few days coming up as we move toward Christmas. Dane, really appreciate some of your time this afternoon. Hope to see you soon. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Dane Bradshaw, college basketball analyst, the SEC Network, and ESPN. Joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, Friday afternoon, just three days away from Christmas, and we are glad to be spending some time with you this afternoon. Also glad to go back to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau, one of our absolute favorites. Bruce Marshall joins us right now. By the way, we've been telling you about this all season long. If you have not checked out Bruce's new website, BAM Sports, B-A-M Sports.net, you're missing out. A lot of really cool stuff there. Um, Bruce, I actually, before we get into any games this weekend, I was curious. I was thinking about this. There's so many different ways that people look at games in the handicapping process. So, Vegas or whatever entity puts out a number on a game, and then you've got to decide where the value is. You got to decide which side you like, how you break it down. What does that process look like for you? Well, it starts about a you know at least a, more than a week before uh, because I'm always looking you know to the following week games at least during the regular season, and you know I go over a, 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 a sort of this technical thing, and I've, I've published that uh, elsewhere, the technician's corner, and I go over every game, like all the technical angles. So I start having an idea what I'm going to like before I actually see the official spreads, and I have an idea what the spreads are going to be. So I'm usually at, in football at least. I'm I'm working you know pretty far ahead, and then uh, a week or so ahead, and then you make adjustments as you need to. Some that seems to have worked the best for me over the course of uh, the many years. Although uh, and it doesn't always work that way, but it doesn't work good all the time for anybody. But that's the way I think I give myself the best chance. Uh, basketball's a little different because you got to have it uh, nightly, and it's uh, a little bit more of an accelerated process in basketball. But football. You know, it starts early, but you sort of have to, you know, uh, you have your own opinions of the team, but you have to sort of reinforce it with some some other angles. And the technical stuff is what I first look at there. Then you try to fit in the fundamental stuff, injuries and scouting reports and things like that. So it's a process, but it starts well over a week before the games are played. Does basketball, college basketball in particular, provide more of an opportunity to uh, to win and to find value than, than football? It can, but it can also provide more chances to lose. Uh, so, <laughs> so many more games, uh, and it is. I mean, this, this week I've not had a really good college basketball week, but a really good week last week. But then these things sort of turn around, and and um, the, the 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 key, uh, if, and this is sort of hard to do to anticipate rather than react. 
because oftentimes when we're reacting to results, it's after the results have happened. The team has run off three, four straight in a row, wins or loses, overs or unders. But by that point, maybe there's an adjustment, and then that, that run is over. So if you, you jump on it too late, um, it doesn't uh, it often doesn't work. So you try to balance that out and try to anticipate what you see. Also, I mean, it's not a bad idea just on certain nights. Just look at a couple different leagues, and um, you can see, uh, you know, trends. I'll tell you one. I mean, the SWAC. I mean, we don't talk about the SWAC too much, but there are oftentimes some very – very stark trends in the SWAC. And uh, like uh, this Mississippi Valley State, I mean, this offense is historically bad, and there's a lot of unders for this team. And here we go tonight. This total is close to 140 against Baylor. Uh, I don't know the Mississippi, the Delta Devils are going to get to 40 tonight. So that might be a spot I would look at on the underside. But uh, mm-hmm. you can look at some of those leagues like the SWAC, you know, and the Patriot and leagues like that, Northeast, and uh, sometimes just to Concentrate on those the nights they play and to see if you get a feel for some of the teams because there's a lot of games on the card every night. You could get lost. It's very hard to follow all 351 at the same time. Yeah, certainly uh, certainly there are a lot of games. Let's get into a few of those games, and uh, we'll go back to, to bowl season. you got this this matchup tonight with UCF and, uh, and Georgia Tech, a pair of 6-6 six and six teams, and... When you think about whether or not teams are, are engaged or not in a bowl game, this feels like two teams that will be. John Rice Plumley making his final college football appearance on the UCF side of things, and it's been kind of an up-and-down season for them. And uh, Georgia Tech with a new head coach this year in his first season, and they're in a bowl game, and it kind of feels like things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, the uh, George O'Leary Bowl, I like to call this, because he was at both places. And right. Uh, you're right. I mean, for the non-New Year's Bowls, I mean, this is one of the uh, better matchups I think you'll get, because you, I think you get good efforts both sides. The portal hasn't taken too big a bite out of either of these. You're right, John Rice Plumley is there. He, he, he had some injury problems this year, but he's back there. They're a different team with him. We know you saw him at Ole Miss, what he could do, running the ball. He's doing the same thing with UCF. He's dynamic. So is Haynes King the other way, a little sloppy. The A&M transfer 15 picks, but he did account for 35 TDs this year for Georgia Tech. The angle that I like here is Brent Key. You mentioned him. Uh, came in as the interim last year, and they moved Jeff Collins out, by the way, after a loss at UCF late last September of 22. And since then, I mean, they have, they, they've stepped it up, and they're 11-3 and as an underdog under Key. They've played better, actually, away from uh, Atlanta. And uh, there's been a little price move towards UCF here, and you're getting six, six and a half out there now, and this number was sitting around four and a half, five. Um, so I think there's some value at Georgia Tech. I, I think they can win this uh, this game. Uh, UCF did not get bowl eligible until that last game against Houston. Right. So it was a little bit of a bumpy ride for Gus this year in the Big 12. I think it's probably close, um, but uh, Georgia Tech plus the points. If it's close, I and mean, a close decision favors the team plus six and a half points, and that's what I'll do tonight with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech plus the six and a half. Tomorrow is a busy day on the uh, on the bowl calendar. It gets started early in the morning with Troy and Duke. You got Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, James Madison Air Force, a game that a lot of people have talked about. Georgia State, Utah State, and Boise, South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, Utah Northwestern, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. All those being played tomorrow. Do you do you like a couple of these? Is, is there anything that really stands out that we ought to be looking at for tomorrow? A couple, a few of them there that I like. Um, Air Force, I actually like. Now, hear me out here. I know they lost four straight down the stretch. 
when they looked like they were going to be the uh, New Year's Six rep uh, uh, from the group of five into November. But uh, their quarterback, Zach Larrier, got hurt. Uh, they were not the same without him. And he really gave them a dimension in there because of his speed on the edge, made that option really hum. Well, guess what? He's back. He's going to play in this game. And Troy Calhoun's recent record in bowl games, really good. I, I'm glad James Madison got a bowl bid here. And whatever, re- however they had to do it, I'm glad they, they got there. They deserve it. However, uh, the quarterback's gone on the portal. Uh, McLeod uh, is going to go to his fourth school next year. I didn't think guys could go to that many schools, but he's going to do it. Uh, and their coach left for Indiana, Kurt Signetti. Now they've hired the guy from uh, Holy Cross, Bob Chesney, to come in after the game. So you've got an interim staff there. You've got players moving in the portal. And you've got to prepare for Air Force in this option on short notice. I do not like the dynamics here for James Madison. I think Air Force gets them tomorrow in Fort Worth. I also like San Jose State a lot tomorrow against Coastal Carolina, which is going six time zones to play this mm. game. And without their quarterback, Grayson McCall, in the portal, he's already inked up with NC State. He's not there. The backup quarterback guest is not there. Uh, Vasco, who played a little bit late in the season, was their third-string guy. He's going to be the guy at quarterback tomorrow. San Jose won its last six games, uh, most of those by double-digit margins, running for over 200 yards per game, almost every one of those games. They won on Hawaii in this field in late October, 35 nothing. The quarterback, Cordero, uh, is from Hawaii. In fact, he quarterbacked Hawaii before he transferred to San Jose, and Brent Brennan, a coach, has emphasized a good effort here. Not that he didn't before, but they did not play well in their last two bowls, so it's very important. Sort of like Texas San Antonio the other night, you could tell they had a little spring in their step, and I think San Jose will handle that 10-point spread against Coastal tomorrow. Bruce, tell people where they can get your picks. Thanks. Check us out online, VegasInsider.com. Now, that is where all my picks are every day. College hoops, NBA, NHL, college football, all these bowls, NFL this weekend. Check it out, VegasInsider.com. You can also check me out at CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com. I'm up on HQ once in a while as well. And you can also listen to me on a podcast with Jimmy Ott on the Bet Rivers Network. They call it Sports Better's Paradise. I like that. All right, we got uh, – you're everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I love it, Bruce. Well, that's my life. My life's not too happy about it, but you know. Yeah, I can understand that. All right, we got a minute and a half left. I I would love a quick thought on two bowl games. Uh, One that's coming up uh, in a couple of days: Texas A&M and Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. Kind of a fun matchup where A&M is favored slightly, and then the Alamo Bowl, which I'm really looking forward to. You got nine and three Arizona, ten and two Oklahoma. Arizona's a three-point favorite. Well, I'll talk about that one first. This would have been the best non-New Year's Bowl game had Dylan Gabriel not left uh, for uh, Oregon in the portal. It still might be a great game, but this game has lost a little bite. Arizona might have been playing as good as any Pac-12 school down the stretch. Uh, Jed Fish done a great job as the head coach there. Noah Fafita, the freshman quarterback, spectacular. So I kind of like Arizona in that one. Mike Gundy and A&M have played before in bowls in recent years, and Gundy's bowl record uh, until last year when they were really sliding at the end of the season. Injuries has been really good the last decade. I mean, really good. Uh, so I And I know they, they played poorly in that game against Texas in the finale. Uh, A&M, you know, in the midst of a coaching change here, that is not necessarily a, a yay or nay in the Bulls, but uh, I don't think that's a positive here. I kind of like Oklahoma State. Gundy to bounce back, and he's had, a, like I said, a very good bowl record the last decade, and I think I'll take Gundy down there in Houston. 
Oklahoma State catching a couple of points in that fall game. Bruce, thanks so much for your time. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I look forward to talking to you next week. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bruce Marshall on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. up the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi. A reminder that the show is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Great golf shirts, great outerwear. I'm telling you, I love the pants. I have gotten to the point where I wear them just about every day. Different colors. They feel great. They're lightweight. Got a little bit of stretch to them, but they also look good. Uh, and the same thing when we uh, get to a little warmer weather with their shorts. If you haven't tried it, you're going to love it. Genteel Apparel, 10% off when you enter your email address online. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, I threw, uh, I, I feel like Bruce poured a little fire, uh, a little gas on the fire of your uh, PTG Outdoors fishy pick of the week. Fishy line. He did. He liked, uh, he liked the Air Force. Yeah. We'll see who's right, me or the guy who makes a living doing this. Uh, we will. I mean, you weren't necessarily giving a pick one way or the other. You were just looking at the line like, just this one, this one smells a little. This doesn't really make sense. True, but my pick was like, it, sh- it should be a bigger line. <laughs> I obviously uh, think James yeah, yeah. Madison's going to win. So Yeah. Um. All right. So, several <clears throat> of you have texted us about the – New news from the NCAA about transfers. We will uh, we'll, we'll do that for the college football fix to start the five o'clock hour. What? Hey, Dad. Not even a month. Not even a month. No, no. But but this is this is applicable. Oh, huh? right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. But remember when we talked about games? That was fun. We can talk about games. Tell me this. T- yeah. t- tell me this. Which bowl game involving an SEC team not in the college football playoff is most interesting to you? Do you, do you need me to give you your options? And my first thought is the Citrus Bowl with Iowa there, just because I want to see how ugly they can make it against uh, against Tennessee. Who does LSU play? And the uh, they play Wisconsin. Here, here are your options. Here, here's what you got: you got A and M, Oklahoma State in the Houston Bowl, Clemson, Kentucky, and Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl, Missouri, nah. Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, 
Ole Miss, Penn okay. State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Auburn, Maryland mm-hmm. in the Music City, Georgia, mm-hmm. Florida State in the Orange Bowl, Wisconsin, LSU in Tampa, Iowa, Tennessee in the Citrus. So Iowa, Tennessee, this is, I like watching Iowa because they're just such a train wreck. Uh, LSU is interesting because no Daniels. Right. And now their offensive coordinator has left. He's headed Mike back to Notre Dame. Denbrock. Going back to Mike, Mike Denbrock. Am I this time last year I was telling you I'm picking LSU ahead of uh Alabama when we get to media days. Mm-hmm. I'm on the opposite side of that fence now. Like LSU, I might have them like in the middle of the pack here. Like eighth or ninth. I mean, it, it, they were they lost three games with the best quarterback play maybe in the history of the sport. And what are they gonna do without him? Mm. So there's that. Um, but but and then the other one Wisconsin that was in, to beat them in the no no not in this in game Tampa Bowl okay no I don't think Wisconsin's very good um, the other one that's interesting is Missouri and and Ohio State because I mean talk about a statement game if Missouri could somehow win that game talk about putting a stamp on on a really special season Ohio State you know won't have McCord he's already hit the portal I don't think is Marvin Harrison playing I don't think that he is is he I don't has he announced. Think so. So I mean, I just Mizzou could could make that a very interesting game, and uh, I, I think Ohio State. It's going to be either like Mizzou pulls off a really cool, close upset, or Ohio State just blows them off the face of the earth. One of the two. I'm trying to see if Marvin Harrison is opting out or not. It certainly would make sense that he is. Uh... Well, heck, I mean, he's still undecided about going into the draft, so I guess not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. So I um, guess he's playing. There was an opt-out announcement from Ole Miss yesterday, so we know of two players for certain that are not going to be in the bowl game for Ole Miss in Atlanta. Um, Spencer Sanders is academically ineligible, and Cedric Johnson has opted out. He's going to get ready for the uh, for the NFL draft. Surprised by that? I hate it. I, I think he's been a really good player for Ole Miss, and you're talking about a Chucky Mullins Award recipient and whatever. I mean, it would be really cool to see him play one last game. But I understand it because Cedric Johnson is not going to be a first-round pick. And if he were to get injured in that scenario, in that ball game, could really hurt his draft stock. I don't love it, but I certainly get it. I understand. Five o'clock hour coming up. College football fix. That's how we'll kick things off when we come back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Business day before Christmas, December 22nd. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Alongside Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We are glad to be with you, Will East, in the big chair inside Studio X. Thanks for being with us. 
Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, or the best in business IT services, Ceasefire has you covered. Learn more about them online at ceasefire.com. Ceasefire, customer inspired. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Hey, Dad, you you enjoy when people get had on the Internet, don't you? Sometimes. So you're amused by it, right? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. And and you would generally think that somebody like me is like the ideal person to be had because I don't follow enough you. pop cultural references and don't watch enough movies and whatever. Yeah. Yes, it's happened on this show. And on top of that, you you think that I don't really follow recruiting nearly as closely as I should. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you can follow it to the degree that you enjoy. But, but I don't know. follow it yes. as closely as you. As you as you yeah. As I it's surprising sometimes how little you follow it, I'll put it that way. And 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 so I was yeah, I think you would be proud of me. There is uh there's a post that I saw on Twitter and I was like who is this guy? Uh, an uncommitted quarterback who is down to his final six, a five-star uncommitted quarterback. His Twitter account is at Tay T A Y Dean. He says final six, final decision Christmas day with a Christmas tree emoji. He appreciates all the support with a little hang ten emoji. Where's home? And it is a graphic of him throwing a football with his back to, to the camera. And uh, shows his final six is Mississippi State, Auburn, West Virginia, Tulane, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. And even a guy that, like me, doesn't follow recruiting that closely, maybe follows it a little closer than you give me credit for. I'm like, eh, some, something's not right about this. So I Googled it, and he, he doesn't exist. He's not an actual person. But the responses, hey, Dad, 87 quotes, 25 retweets, 247 likes, and no fan base is immune in the responses to this. First response, come to the SIP. Somebody goes, West Virginia lock. We got a bunch of Tulane graphics in here. We got some hail states, and Mississippi State is the place to be, and a quarterback-friendly coach. We got a wave gift for uh, for Tulane. A lot of Texas A&M stuff in there. Does not exist. I think what we've learned here today is something we already knew, that if you tweet at recruits, you are a giant loser. <laughs> and it doesn't matter... The team that is nearest you know and dearest to your heart. No. Oh, there's a bully. You tweet it recruits. Oh, there's a okay. big bully in a gift form. There we go. Yeah. Got home of the 12th man in gift form. The whole, it's all of them. It's great. Stuff. It's great. Stuff. All right, 5 Alabama o'clock hour. Wondering why they're not in. That means it is time for the college football fix.
College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. Don't forget, you've still got the holiday sales event going, which means great deals through the end of the year. Check them out at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All right, so I mentioned this to it, and you, like, immediately rolled your eyes. And I understand. Like, like I get it. But we just need to um, put this out there. Ross Dellinger and others have reported, in a clarification, the NCAA sent schools Thursday, and it was obtained by Yahoo Sports, multi-time transfers. So guys who have transferred more than once, including football players who enter the portal this fall, will be eligible to play at their new school next year without a waiver. Floodgates are officially open. Anybody that you have picked up in the transfer portal over the last couple of years, even though they have already transferred, they are free to go anywhere they want. This feels crazy. Yeah, crazy. I mean, just buckle up because now it's just going to be, I mean, it is the freest of free agency at this point. There is nothing holding anybody to, to, to wherever they are. Probably not. We're probably not too far away from in-season transfers. From what happening and just in-season transfers? Yeah, just where like you're you're, you're at Ole Miss, couple games in, and you're. I think we're not too far away from it though. Mm. I think that you're gonna, you know, you couple games in, you're like, I'm not happy about this. Reach out to Mississippi State. Yeah, we've got a spot for you. Get them enrolled. Get them in classes. Transfer everything over. Get on the field. Ross says there are two caveats. He says, one, it remains unclear if fall sport athletes who enter the spring portal will be eligible next fall. That's according to sources at the NCAA. And the other caveat, he says, those entering the fall portal need to meet academic requirements to play next year, and those requirements could change at the NCAA convention next month. Well, to me, that says right there, that's something that would not hold up in court. If you had a rule that allowed them to transfer and then you change the requirements, they're not going to be able to hold them ineligible. You think that we're not far from being able to see in-season transfers. To me, the issue with that is you can't leave one school and enroll in another school in the middle of the semester. And you do have to be academically eligible to transfer and Mm -hmm. and be immediately eligible. So Mm -hmm. unless there's a way around that, I'm not sure that I see that happening. You know what the most interesting thing, though, that I've seen come up? Kind of going back to the same logic that was used when the judge asked the NCAA, are these student-athletes employees? And without hesitation, the NCAA said, no, they are not employees. And the judge said then, well, why are you holding them to a non-compete? And the NCAA was like, uh, well, you see, what had happened was... uh." They don't have any answers. They don't have an answer for that. So, what is to keep someone from challenging the number of years in which you are eligible to compete? That's coming. That's another one. What? Why, why are you only allowed four years of eligibility? If you are enrolled 
and making progress yeah, toward academic, a degree. If you're in academic good standing, you should be able to pile up degrees. I mean, think about, let's say, I'm trying to think of, of a college quarterback who was a good, let's say Nick Fitzgerald. Okay. Right? Nick Fitzgerald was a good good college quarterback, but not an NFL quarterback, right? Right. If he if he was playing in this day and age of college football, what would be stopping him from maybe getting his master's and staying on for a fifth year, a sixth year at Mississippi State, and then doing a grad transfer to somewhere else and, and making NIL money the whole time, you know, probably could, could, could clear seven figures over a two, three, four-year process. And then by the time you're, you know, 26, 27, you call it a career, you can go on about your business, and you've got a great nest egg saved up. Yeah, you're right. That's probably the next thing. Let, let me let me throw a different one at you. Huh? And this is probably not reality because he believed he was an NFL quarterback. But knowing what he knows now, what if Tim Tebow had had a crystal ball? And oh my like, gosh, you know, he could have made I'm so much money. NFL, can can you? What if Tim Tebow decided to play college football still for be ten there. years? He'd still be there. He'd still be playing football. What are you talking about, Ted? He'd still be on the team. Could 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 still be playing football at Florida, making six fifty a million, million and a half a year, year after year after year. I mean, so yeah, retire yeah. when you're twenty eight, having had made having made six figures for the last decade. I mean, what about a Will Rogers? But if you look at Will Rogers, and not an NFL quarterback, but it worked in the Washington offense. What if Washington could just sustain Will Rogers at quarterback for for the next three years? It's a crazy thought, but it's not so crazy Maybe that not it might that not happen. Yeah, that's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. Coming up next. Food Friday! Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Got a cool message on the ceasefire text line. Merry Christmas to all of you at Sports Talk Mississippi. Clearly the best sports talk show in all of the land. Thank you. I do not watch television, so you all keep me quite entertained all year. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate cool. it. And, and not just you. We appreciate all of you very much. Um, we joke about it sometimes, but uh, in a lot of ways, it feels like a great big old sports talk Mississippi family. And uh, many of you have been with us family. for a long time, and you stay connected with us on the ceasefire text line, and even when you don't text, you listen, and we appreciate it all very much. If not for you, we wouldn't have jobs. So 
we are most appreciative. Right, Will East? Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. All right. Maybe our favorite time of the entire week. What time is it? It's time for a Food Friday. Food Friday, which might have a theme song in 2024. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. It's brought to you by Polk's. Polk'sMeat.com. That is their website. You can get recipe ideas. You can uh, you can get all kinds of stuff there, including some uh, merchandise and see all the products that they've got available. But really what you need to do is go to the grocery store. you got to do that anyway, right? You have to eat. And when you go to the grocery store... You can um, look for the Polk's packaging. It's that bright yellow label with the royal blue Polk's trimmed in red on there. Uh, my favorite is the Cajun smoked sausage that will be on the uh, on the menu this weekend in the Cross House for uh, various Christmas activities. Would encourage you to do so as well. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. So everybody kind of has their Christmas traditions. Some people. Shake it up from time to time. There are some who kind of replicate the Thanksgiving meal at Christmas. Um, I feel like fewer people do that than maybe used to. I'm not sure that you get as much turkey and dressing or ham and dressing at Christmas as, as perhaps once you did. Hey, Dad, what um, what what is the like the the food lineup Christmas Eve, Christmas Day for your crew? Well, Christmas Eve, we we always keep it super, super simple. We don't really do any cooking. Uh, in years past, we've gone to Chick-fil-A and just gotten a nugget tray. But it's, since it's a Sunday, can't do that this year. So so we, we're going to Popeye's for some fried chicken. Uh, we got chicken nuggets on uh, on Sunday. Nothing big Sunday. Saturday or Monday... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm got a, I just, I went and bought a, a five pound, uh, standing rib roast today. And, uh, we'll put that on the grill. Gonna cook that up, uh, to a, to a high moral standard. And then we will, uh, we've got some, some roast potatoes. And I bought some, uh, I went to Academy, bought a jar of the Wagyu beef tallow. So that's what I'm gonna cook the potatoes in, is, is the, uh, the high end beef fat. That should be okay. nice. Okay. Delicious, and I'm gonna do some green beans with bacon, and then uh, my good friends at Superior Catfish, uh, as a thank you for all the fine work we did with them this year, sent me a Jubilations Turtle Cheesecake in the mail uh, a couple weeks ago. I've had that in the freezer. We'll get that out and nice. thaw it out. And that'll be for dessert on uh, on on Christmas Day. Nice. Jeremy in Columbia says he works for a major delivery company, and he will be cooking up a big old pot of thank goodness it's over. <laughs> this is a really busy time of the year for uh, all of the delivery drivers out there. So uh, we tip our cap to you. Thanks for uh, for for making the world go round for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Will, what about you? What's the uh, what's the cooking plan over the holidays? Well, as you know, I don't cook, uh, so it, I'm dependent on others to do the cooking for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going home uh, after I get off the show here today up to Chickasaw County, and right. so I'm hoping that my mom will make some of her world-famous spaghetti, which she has not shared the recipe to anyone yet. So uh, I'm hoping well, she knows that it would be wasted like on you. I, absolutely, because I don't know what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. my, my wife's always wanted it. And then when I, I'm coming back home on Saturday... And so I'm hoping my wife will have something special cooked. She has some pork chops uh, mm. that are in the freezer that I hope she takes out and prepares. And she does; she gets some of that uh, 
uh, AP Rub from um, what's his name? Um, had a barbecue right? Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, Malcolm Reed. Reed. She gets some of his. She loves his stuff, by the way. If, you, if it's in your local grocery store, get some of it. It's really, really good. Uh, it's simple, but um, she knows the choir over here. Yeah, I've said this before. We don't do pork chops enough. Uh, no, they're good. They're good on the grill. They're good in the oven. They're good in the frying pan. Jane, did, what I'm having the night when I get home. I think I told you a while. Jane did like thin cut pork chops not too long ago on like almost like a rice casserole with pork chops on top. It's fantastic. You had like cream of mushroom soup in it. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so my brother and his family are coming into town. They're getting in tonight. And then they're leaving Sunday. So it's a quick trip, but real fired up to uh, have them in town. I actually think we're going to go out to eat tomorrow night. I think that's the plan. And then Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, we're going to do a Christmas Eve brunch at our house. So breakfast casserole, biscuits, cinnamon rolls, big old bowl of fruit, yeah. bacon. I don't know what else. What else would you have? I actually asked Jane about doing monkey bread, and she was like, Can More I bacon. Pop? Yeah, we'll, we'll do more bacon. She asked if she could possibly get a pass on monkey bread this go around. She's like, we've got a lot going on, and that's just kind of labor-intensive. I was like, sure. I would have said no. No, you, I would have said no. Like, I, I like mean, monkey I could, bread. I could either do it myself and not put that added <laughs> burden on her, or we could do cinnamon rolls and be just fine. So we'll yeah. go with that. I did I did forget to mention I'm going to my sister-in-law's tomorrow in uh, just outside of Grenada. And uh, she'll have she'll have a spread for us as well, including her famous uh, uh, crack dip stuffed peppers. Oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. But the um, so so Christmas Eve brunch, and then there are a couple of Christmas parties that we will go to after Christmas Eve service on I think it's mm-hmm. at five thirty or whatever. So we'll do that Christmas Eve night and then come home, and then you know whatever breakfast on on Christmas Day, and then we do uh, we do steaks and twice baked potatoes for uh, Christmas Day. I say steaks. Usually it's a beef tenderloin. So either a beef tenderloin or steaks with uh, twice-baked potatoes and salad and dessert yeah. and the, all the fixings. I've, I've, see, I've just cracked the code on these roasted potatoes. I've figured out how to make them really good. So Very good. Very good. All right, let's uh, let's hit the ceasefire text line. What are you doing for the, uh, for the holidays? Uh, Debbie never disappoints. Debbie in Ocean Springs. She uh, has done crab and shrimp bisque and crab balls. Those look good. Man. They look really good. She says she's also doing bang-bang shrimp sauce to dip the crab balls in. There you go. When I tell you that I could eat every one of those crab balls and still be hungry afterwards, well, you know I'm not kidding around. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Batesville for Hey Dad's Green Beans. Give this a try. Add one chicken bouillon cube and one slat of butter per can of green beans. Add some pepper. <laughs> Make sure the green beans have just a little water over the top of them and then let them simmer down for about 30 minutes and thank him later, he says. Who's cooking canned green beans? I like canned green beans. Nah. Um, Fresh nah. produce, my friends. Mike in Oxford says he has no cooking plans tonight, but he did stop and get a pizza in Jackson after picking up his check at the Mississippi Lottery Commission. 
Oh yeah, because yeah, he won. What did he win? Like a thousand bucks? Yeah, something a like thousand that. bucks. Yeah. He sure did. That's Salamuki's right That's there. I know that pizza. Uh, Robert and Oak oh, Grove. Salamuki's. That, That's yep. a good place. Yeah. Yeah, it says uh, Santa is Ooh. getting some good homemade cookies this year from Robert and Oak Grove. Like you yeah, really can't go wrong with uh, homemade cookies. My wife Any... uh, took all the leftovers from the Christmas party to work today. I was like, you got to get these out of here. I can't deal with this any longer. Mm. they they got to go. Got a buddy of mine sent me a uh, picture. Fried deer meat, sliced onion, sliced pickle, dip it in ketchup at the exact same time, and it is amazing. It looks good. Fried deer meat looks really good. Uh, let's see here. Chicken and dumplings and smoked butts for Christmas Day. That is from Danny in Columbus. Yeah. I love chicken J- and dumplings. Jimbo says for food, uh, food Friday, he's doing grilled black drum, grilled shrimp, Brussels sprouts, and homemade ramelade. Mm. Mm. Walter and LaGrange. Hey, we finally got Polk sausage up here. LaGrange, Tennessee, that is. Said I got the Cajun flavor. I'm making a pot of red beans and rice to snack on through the holidays when you're for uh, when you're sick of Christmas food. I don't like store-bought turkey anyway. Walter, congratulations on getting Polk's where you are. Hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Um, here's one more. Tonight is bacon wrap, cream cheese, onion, stuffed pork tenderloin. Christmas Eve is my annual seafood gumbo. Uh, Christmas Day is traditional. She says, Merry Christmas and thanks for great entertainment all season long. I've had some snort laughs this year. <laughs> That's uh, from our friend Blackbird Photography. We'll be back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. You're down to 22 minutes of work for the uh, remainder of 2023. How does that feel? It feels good. It feels good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna really push through here, and uh, and uh, we're gonna get through this, and uh, we'll move on. And really, it's it's not even 22 minutes because we, there's, there's a, another commercial break in there that I can just zone out. And it's only it's it's only like 17 minutes. Hey, Will, did you hear that? I always thought he zoned out for like three hours a day anyway. Yeah, does he really work? I mean, that's kind of... Work's a little strong for what this man does. If if you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, now is the time. Belcourt, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 (laughs) West in Oxford. Here's what I'm saying. You got the holiday sales event going on. You've got good interest rates, and you've got the end of the year. Kind of sounds to me like a recipe, uh, recipe perhaps for a uh, for a pretty good deal. If you happen to be in the market for a new F one hundred and fifty or an Explorer, or an Expedition, or a Bronco, 
We've got an electric Ford Lightning, which has got some tax incentive stuff that's there as well. You have to read all the small print on that. I'm not responsible. I'm just told that uh, you can save money on your taxes if you get an electric vehicle. They've got the uh, the electric Mustangs as well on the lot. Really cool stuff, and uh, they will take care of you. Be a great way to close out 2023 with a new vehicle from Belk Ford or Oxford Toyota. Uh, good selection on the Toyota lot as well with some Forerunners, a couple of Tundras out there. Got some Tacomas on the lot. And the all-new Toyota Crown, which is uh, a new vehicle that has been really, really popular. Check them out. Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, great service department. They'll take care of you. They'll treat you like a human being, not like just another person where they can put a mark on the window and say they sold another car. Going to get you in the, uh, the, the vehicle that makes sense for you, that you can afford, with the best deal that they can possibly get. Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West, and tell them, You heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. You in the market, hey, Dad? I am not, no. Well, if you were, I could help you out. If I was, I I might make the trip up to Oxford, yeah. Yeah. Um, We were talking about SEC teams and bowl games earlier. And hey, Dad gets on to us for not talking about the games themselves enough. How intrigued are you? By the Cotton Bowl, Missouri, and Ohio State. Very. No, no Kyle McCord Very. for Ohio State. We don't know about Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State. Last time we saw him. I feel Ohio like if State, he was going to opt out, he would have done it by now, don't you think? He must be playing. I think. Yeah. Uh, the last time we saw Ohio State, they were losing a game to Michigan in the final weekend of the regular season. Missouri finished the year on a, on a pretty strong note with a dominating win over Arkansas for a 10-win season. And Ohio State, this, this line has actually moved back. It's basically a pick em. Ohio State is favored by half a point at this point, yeah. which means if they win, then you win. Right. I'm sure most of that is because you know, with McCord gone, they're going to be playing an inexperienced quarterback. But yep, I, I think that Ohio State Missouri was favored earlier in the week. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like I think if McCord was was there, that Ohio State would be a, a favorite in this one. Okay. So Ohio State, though, I still think has enough talent on both sides of the ball that they should be able to win this game. They should be able to win it, I think, relatively easily. But Missouri has just surprised us all year long. I mean, nobody. I, well. You were higher on them than I was back in June, but but you, I don't think you foresaw a ten and two no. and playing at Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl uh, as the, the their seasons end. So we'll see how it turns out. But yeah, it, you know, yeah. Your your question was how intrigued am I by this game? I'm very intrigued. I will watch it. I I want to see if Missouri can can cap off this really special season. It, it's interesting it, them and and the the Peach Bowl two programs that you know. Can can cap big seasons that seem to have some recruiting momentum for all the talk of, of, of Ole Miss and what they've done. Missouri's been really good on the recruiting front the past couple of no years. Um, they feel like they're they're building. They're, they're not anywhere close to Georgia, but can they be a consistent you know performer in the SEC? Be maybe that fourth, fifth team, something like that. That's what they they feel like they're building towards a little bit. Um, so both of these teams want to get that eleventh win. And keep that momentum going into the offseason. Penn State is favored by four. And and uh, foolishness. You know, 
Penn State defensively has been really, really good, and that's the reason you've got the relatively low point total in the game. In fact, you have the exact same over-under in both the Cotton Bowl and the Peach Bowl, 48-and-a-half, which for college football these days is a fairly low number. It's low, especially in bowl games. Anything can happen. I mean, it's just you get, you get teams that sometimes you don't want to be there. So yeah. I feel like the overall hit in the Ole Miss game, and I feel like the Ole Miss will, I, I mean, I'm it all along, take the money line. You like Ole Miss in this game. Yeah, big time. You, you, so George is a 14-and-a-half point favorite against Florida State in the Orange Bowl? Flow. It's like if they were a 28-point favorite, would you go the other way? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe? Maybe. Florida State has had a ton of early of, of, of opt-outs, and, yeah. and it's just you know, the, the, Florida, the team doesn't want to be there. You know they, they they feel like they got they got jobbed and so they're just moving the ones who can move on are moving on. And, and yeah. does Florida State feel like the complete opposite of TCU twenty fourteen? Ole Miss mm-hmm. ran into that TCU buzzsaw with Trayvon Boykin and company. They in wanted the to prove a point. Peach ball and it was like we yeah. are here for blood. Yeah, and Florida State feels and if like Travis were playing. If Travis were playing and somehow they had still gotten left out, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not knowing how that would be, but that might be. You might have that, and I would be like, "Well, you know, Jordan. They beat LSU, and they beat you know they they've won all these other games. Maybe, maybe they can make it interesting." I mean, and I, I I've said the same thing a few times that like if if the college football playoff committee was supposed to put the four best teams in there, well, they screwed up no matter how you slice it because there's no metric that Georgia isn't one of the four best teams as well. Yeah. So. This is two teams that the college football playoff, they did screw Florida State, but by their own admission, they screwed Georgia too. Okay, but along those lines, of the four teams that are in, Michigan is the one seed, Washington is the two seed, Texas is the three seed, Alabama is the four, who would you kick out to put Georgia in? If we're basing it on who are the four best teams in college football, Washington. No, I get it. They're undefeated. Power Five Conference. They beat Oregon twice. Twice. They're a good team, but are they better than Georgia? No, they're not. So but if you go by the college football playoff committees, thing, right? Own. Well, I mean, yeah, but I feel pretty. I'm pretty sure the analytics would favor Georgia as well. My guess is Georgia would probably be like an eight to nine point favorite on a neutral field against Washington. You might. You might be right about that. Doesn't it feel like we could be in for a classic Rose Bowl? Oh, yeah. Monday, January 1st, 4 o'clock Central Time kickoff, the four-seed Alabama, the one-seed Michigan. Michigan is a two-point favorite. Alabama playing really well, coming off the SEC championship game, win over Georgia. Yes, they had to have a miracle to win Auburn at the end of the game. Growth at the quarterback position by a single guy within a season like very little we have ever seen before. Jalen Milrow game one to Jalen Milrow game 14, it's like it's not even Mm -hmm. the same guy. No, you're right. And that's why, I mean, you say classic, I I think Alabama's going to roll 
You sure? I, I, I feel pretty confident. Okay. What about that Texas-Washington game in the Sugar Bowl? Should, should be a really, really good football game. I think that's, I mean, what I don't know, what's the over-under? 63-and-a-half. Alabama-Michigan, by the way, is 44-and-a-half. Texas-Washington is 63-and-a-half. That's a lot of points. But it might get close to it. I mean, I think they're going to, these are two good offenses. They'll go back and forth. I feel like could, Washington can't make enough stops. Could this one be kind of like Georgia, Ohio State was last year? It could be. Could very easily be. I was thinking Georgia, Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They went into overtime. Great game. Mm-hmm. Great game. Two great quarterbacks just slinging it. Throwing pills all over the field. Can't wait. That was that was Baker Mayfield and From. Jake From. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will wrap it up with you coming up next, right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Football on television right now. Georgia Tech and UCF are underway, and UCF has scored first. John Rice Plumley with a, uh, a touchdown pass. He's completed one pass for 23 yards and a touchdown. So a good start to the game for UCF against Georgia, St- uh, Georgia Tech. That is in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Final segment of this program for us until uh, the day after Christmas. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Uh, And when I say we, I mean I will be back with you on Tuesday. And Michael Borky will return from his time off. Will, you going to come hang out on Tuesday just for fun? I'll be at work, yeah. Okay. I mean, I I meant like on the show. Uh, It depends on how. Borky, sit in the big chair. Depends on how uh, desperate for content you guys are. Oh, no, man. We'll be cool. Well, I won't be here to help him, so probably a lot desperate. <laughs> All right, hey, Dad. Humble Since, and lazy uh, is a bad combination, hey, Dad. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I work hard and I talk myself up. Are you, um, even though you're off, are you doing Thunder and Lightning on the radio next Wednesday night? Nah, I'm off. Off. Man, I'll be a a guy's own radio show, and he can't be bothered to show up for (laughs) one hour out of a week. Okay. Oh, oh, we're going to have Robbie, so it'll be a step up. (laughs) (laughs) Huge in the Webster County demographics. (laughs) <laughs> All right, hey, Dad. Uh, the year that was, putting you on the spot here. Uh, I, since since uh-huh. this is it for you for 2023, the floor yeah. is yours, sir. 
Well, I didn't prepare anything. There's a shock. There's a shock, Will. He didn't prepare. I, well, I, this was a tough sports year for for old Brian Haydad. Not a, not the best year, uh, you know. I think the highlight was State making the NCAA tournament in men's and women's basketball. Baseball not great. Football not great. New coach. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the Saints have been terrible. The Giants were mediocre at best. The Lakers, I mean, I expect world championships from the Lakers, so losing in the Western Conference Finals is the same as not making the playoffs. Hey, they won the in-season tournament, though. Hang a banner. The the NBA made them hang a banner. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, So I hope 2024 is better. But from a personal standpoint, I have enjoyed this year as much as any with my good friends, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Will East, uh, doing this show, doing Thunder and Lightning uh, with Robbie Falk as well. Uh, And looking forward to another year of it. Hopefully a more positive one for those of the maroon and white persuasion. But you know if it's not, that's okay too. For some. (laughs) Uh, I know we've talked about this a lot throughout the course of the year. Uh, and I'm going to say it one last time on your last day on the show. I am incredibly proud of you and kind of like your personal health journey. It's been really, really cool to – no, no, I'm serious. So you laugh. I, I know, but cool I, I laugh watch. every time I hear it called a journey. <laughs> Marathon? Do you prefer that? Marathon. <laughs> I mean, a, you, a you journey of a thousand miles it, starts with one Twinkie. Yeah, one less Twinkie. <laughs> one less. I haven't had a Twinkie all year. Mm. Do you like Twinkies? I love Twinkies. They're so good. Morgan Freeman bit. Like a Twinkie. Yeah. Like a Twinkie. It's like a Twinkie. Um, no, though, I mean, it, it's been really cool to, uh, one, watch you say, hey, enough. I got to lose some weight. Two, commit to doing it. Three, stick with it for an entire calendar year. And then four, see the results. So it, it, congratulations. Well, we and got another year. Success. We got another year of it coming our way on this journey. Yeah, on the journey. We got another, we're going to continue the journey in 2024. I like it. Uh, Jeremy and Columbia, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. I uh, appreciate the uh, kind words from you. Jimbo says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. To you as well, Jimbo. Maybe we'll actually get out on the golf course at some point this year or go fishing or uh, or something. Uh, it has been a fun year, and we got more of it coming up with you next week. Uh, Will East, thanks for not firing us. You're welcome. Yes, thank you, Will. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. <laughs> the whole year long. Uh, and to all of you, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah, we wish you a happy Hanukkah. That was last uh, week. Well, we hope you had week. a great Hanukkah. <laughs> and continue to celebrate for all the days. Hope you had a it good July 4th. For eight days. Is it over? Hope you had a good July 4th. Arbor Day. <laughs> hope it's all fantastic. Flag Day was a banger this year. <laughs> My late grandfather's birthday. Thank you very much. Um, there you go. So, to all, Merry Christmas. Enjoy some time with family. And, and to all, friends. a good night. Hey, Dad, enjoy uh, enjoy the time off. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. I stuck my head outside in between the 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock hour. Boys, the days are getting longer. Yeah. 
By the way, I get to say it so I can make the dad joke. See you next year. Ah! Uh. For Brian Haydad and Will East, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.